Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also a keynote and TEDx speaker and author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all sorts of information related to wellness, positive psychology, my own spin on it, which I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other wellness-related things. Uh, And it's also the place to suggest upcoming guests for this podcast. Uh, As listeners know, our podcast, for the most part, is developed uh, with an eye in mind of having guests who are not only uh, informative and good at presenting, but also lead their own lives with enthusiasm and have unique ways of helping us to lead our lives enthusiastically and become the best version of ourselves. And in that regard, I'm really, really happy that today's guest uh, has been able to connect with us. I've been trying to get Carolyn Colleen to be a guest of our show for a while. She's a very busy person. She's a renowned keynote speaker, author, corporate leader, business strategist, and she also is a PhD candidate, proud mother of three, and uh, she uses her own life experiences as uh, building blocks to help others overcome adversity and to live their lives in a positive way. Personal adversity has fueled her own growth, and through her fierce method, which may be more scary than it sounds, but through her fierce method, she uh, helps people achieve goals that have eluded them for long periods of time. You know, many of us have things like writing books or blogs or losing weight or becoming more mentally and physically healthy. And the fierce method is a way of doing that. And I'm sure we'll be interested to hear that. Carolyn's goals are all, goal is always clear, namely personal growth. And while her emphasis has been on helping women for the most part, I was really impressed when I saw how many endorsements she's had from men who have heard her present or have been gained from her knowledge in various ways. So it's just a thrill, great honor, and uh, just a joy to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Carolyn, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored that we, we got to get together. I love it. I'm excited too. And been, as I said, I've been waiting a while for it. And I'm really happy that it's taking place. I did discuss, you know, lots of different things about you. Uh, wear many hats, if people still wear hats. In general, how, how do you spend your day? I mean, uh, with all these kinds of things, how do, aside from helping people, how do you organize yourself? Yes. Uh, thanks for asking that. Cause some people say, well, how in the world do you do all that? <laughs> and it's, it's intentional. It's, it's scheduled. So throughout my day, and actually it starts on Sunday, I schedule my week out. So really looking at the top three things that are most important to me and that, and then also the top three things I need to get done during the week. I look at it on a Sunday and then on Sunday, I look at the rest of my schedule to figure out what I'm doing. So as I look and I schedule those things, I go ahead and book intentionally each day what my schedule looks like. So I start on Sunday. I set aside about 
two hours, an hour, an hour to two hours on Sunday to look over my week and what's coming up. And then each day I, I get up earlier in the morning and schedule my day according to where I need to be and what I'm looking forward to. Oh, great. I, uh, I hadn't expected you to be an expert on time management, but I'm glad you're able to share that part of it with us. And now I'd like to go into a little bit about your journey to you becoming who you are. I mean, I think uh, it's obviously been a very interesting kind of situation for you to get to the point of being, you know, a really special person who can help others. So I'm going to let you in in psychology terms, I'm going to let you free associate about that and tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, you know, I'm honored in in where I am compared to where I was. And being able to identify different areas of growth and opportunity within my own life. And when I talk about my fierce method and when I speak about ferocity itself, um, it comes out of survival. And so over my short lifetime, I'm only 42, I I had several journeys within my life that in, included um, sexual and uh, physical abuse and also uh, being in a marriage that was also abusive. And so within those different learnings, I learned how to escape the circle of poverty and then also escape the circle of abuse. And so through that journey, I've been able to identify the adversity and the advantage out of the adversity. So getting to where I am now, being able to identify what that is, has been the journey in itself. When you're when you're looking at mm, learning and, and realizing the things that you can learn from and what, what adversity is to you as you're building a resilience through your whole lifetime, what are the tools that you're using in which to elevate from that? That's where my fierce method came is is really taking a space. What What's interesting, and, and I enjoy what you said about how I serve women, but there's a lot of men who have who've, uh, spoken to my credibility, is <laughs> that, yes, my main focus is women as far as my academy and my network. However, adversity comes in all different forms, and chaos comes in all different forms. And how do we, what do we do with it? And how do we pull out the advantage to it? And particularly with your... Uh, within your audience in your book and how you're continuing to evolve and redesign and move forward. What is that? And how do you do that? And so as I reflect on and look back at uh, my, you know, my journey thus far, it's really, where's the advantage? Where's, where's the resourcefulness and the adaptability that you can pull out in which to create your next evolution? Because we're continually evolving, no matter on age, it's really on, you know, where you're at and where you're willing to go really fascinating. I, uh, as you were talking, though, I think in terms of some patients that I've worked with uh, who have overcome abuse or other other types of trauma, and I think it can be a real source of pride if they get from reverse to neutral, you know, to, to be able to lead uh, really productive lives and so on. But it sounds like you've gone kind of into overdrive. What is it that kind of led you to say, hey, you know, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish, but I want to help other people to get to, to that point. Because I, I know some people would say, you know, hey, th- this brings up memories. I'm past there. I'm in a different phase of my life. Sounds like you're letting that, as I said in the introduction, it's letting you fuel your, your uh, work. Yes. 
I appreciate what you said because it's, you know, and, and you may have experienced this in your, you know, with different people and experiences is I was at a point where I was really on a, I was a, I was a freight train. I was a freight train and I was working and I, I was in a space where I realized that all the different difficulties that I had, I've experienced in my short lifetime had to, couldn't be for naught. And so I needed to be able to get to a space where I could reflect on that. And, you know, 20 years of therapy and in working through a lot of the trauma, I was just like that. I was in that space where, you know what, I want to, I want to put that in the closet. I want to forget about it. I don't want to, I don't want to bring that up again. It wasn't really bringing it up. It was, I, I needed a way to make sense of some things. And with that was the lack of fulfillment. And yes, I did the work and I worked very hard and I worked very hard in therapy and I worked very hard in figuring out how to escape and get out of uh, low income housing and off of food stamps and all those things that were very limiting. And uh, once I did that, I, I continued on a uh, very fast forward and I finished my undergrad. I finished my, my master's. I built my career and, and to the point of being able to build my own house, which was something I never thought was, ava- was available to me. And as I got to that space of suburbia, and you know, two point five kids, picket fence, and a dog. I realized that, uh, yeah, I did. I did very well, and I, I did do the work. And a lot of people are afraid to do the work. Um, I did do the work in therapy, and I did do the work. And I'm very proud to say that I did the work in therapy. I, I advocate it for everyone. And uh, I said, how can I? To myself, I really, you know, I prayed, and I thought, how can I make something more? out of all the adversity I've experienced. And that was to be able, and when I thought about it and, and reflected on it and prayed on it, I realized that all the adversity that I've experienced and the hardships can be made for good. So how can you find the, the advantage in the adversity? How can you help make something of, of, the, of the bad that you've experienced? And so that's what I did. And that's why I found it as a calling in which to help others that if I can do it, they can do it too. It's really not only educational, but inspirational, which uh, let's get to the meat of it. What is the fierce method? Yes. So fierce. Fierce was created out of survival. I, how it came about. I was standing in line at the Salvation Army. I had just escaped an abusive relationship and uh, um, had a restraining order, which is just about as strong as the paper's written on sometimes. And uh, there I am standing in line, fearful for, uh, you know, my life being ended. Um, and uh, also fearful of uncertainty because I had nothing. I had my child in my arms. I had two boxes and a, and a toddler bed. And I was immobilized by fear and uncertainty. And in that space, as I stood in line looking around the room of fluorescent lights and people from all different walks of life and different smells and and, and just standing there thinking, this was not my plan. I need, I need to do something, but I don't know what. And so in that moment, I created a way, you know, someone, uh, one social worker had said to me, it's okay, Carolyn, you can do this one day at a time, one day at a time. And I thought, you know what? One day is way too much. Can't do it. Why? How am I supposed to do this? And so I broke it down into five minutes. I realized that five minutes, I can muster five minutes. And I can muster five minutes to just do and move forward in a direction that serves me. Because, you know, let's be honest, I didn't end up in the Salvation Army by happenstance. 
And, and, uh, and, you know, there are many, many, many occurrences in my life, in my environment that got me to that space and the choices that I made. So leaving that behind, taking five minutes in which to focus on one thing, one goal, and take the emotions that were popping up, the, 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 the flashbacks, the, the PTSD, the, the fear, the anxiety, the overwhelm, and, and harnessing those emotions in which to have them serve me compared to not serve me. Now, there are people who grew up with very similar backgrounds as me, and they're still there at the Salvation Army. I had to make a choice. And that choice was taking a deep breath, focusing on one goal. And in that moment, my goal was to create a better life for my daughter. And how I was going to do that is I was going to harness the, the emotions that were filling my mind and my body. And I was going to make one choice for five minutes and continue to make that choice for five minutes and pile it and stack it five, 10, 15, take a deep breath, focus on that one goal. The one goal was to smile, not scare my daughter, and start to find a place that was safe for my daughter and figure out how I'm going to you know, feed us. And in and that, and that space of survival, I created this method, breathe, focus, fierce action, five minutes at a time. And, and how that works is harnessing each emotion, that emotion, those emotions that come up, not, not saying you shouldn't feel them, saying that, how are they serving you? Because you could choose something that doesn't serve you, and you could still be at the Salvation Army. You could be in a space of drug addiction. You could be in a space of you know, physical, um, you know, going back to a bad relationship. However, you can also harness those emotions and make an action that serves you, getting registered in college, finding a, a, a job that uh, sustains you, finding home and income that sustains you, practicing that five minutes at a time, for one goal that is create that is connected to a long-term goal and reverse engineer it down to five minutes. And so I did that out of survival. I continued that method as I registered in, uh, in college and I worked 60 hours a week, about 60 hours a week while raising my child with no child support from my ex-spouse. And I continued to do that five minutes at a time in which to build a vision of creating a safe um, home for my daughter. And as I did that, I borrowed the love that I had for my daughter until my love caught up. And then I continued and used that method that I created out of survival in which to create my six-figure income, become uh, almost PhD, and, and be able to help others see that they too can escape whatever has been holding them back five minutes at a time. What a story. I can picture some people listening and wonder, is it hard? I mean, you know, I, I know with almost anything that's that's worth accomplishing, in some in some cases it's it's easier than it might appear once you get started. But uh, there's very few things that are worth accomplishing that you can say is easy. But not all of them are are hard. How hard is it to uh, for somebody who say had not had to deal with quite the extremes that you have, but. Uh, but still, you know, they've, they're in a particular pattern and, uh, and it's not serving them. Mm -hmm. You know, it all depends on your perspective, how hard it is. Because people will say to me, well, how in the world did you do all those things? Well, you know what? I made a choice. I made a choice to use the emotions that pop up. There's that fight and that flight mechanism. Now, when you're faced with something you don't want to do, that fight or flight pops up because there's an emotion that comes. And then your sympathetic nervous system will then say... Hmm, I don't want to do that. So therefore, I feel fearful. I'm going to hide. 
I'm going to, or I'm going to fight. And so how do you harness that? And, and, and that's the, that's the beauty in that I created this tool out of survival. However, thousands of people use it today in many different ways. So for example, let's say right now, COVID, we've, we've been dealing with this for a year now. And one, one person came to me and said, you know, I use BFF, breathe, focus, fierce action, your new best friend. I use that in just, I know I've been locked up in my house for almost a year and I need to stop going to that freezer to grab that gallon of ice cream every time I get upset. (laughs) And it's very simple. It's taking a deep breath, focusing on what is the goal you're after. I'm after, even though I might be limited in things that I can do, I want to choose things that are for me. Meaning when I get upset, when I get overwhelmed, perhaps I see something on the news, perhaps I, you know, maybe I'm sad about about my neighbor or, or something. When you feel that emotion popping up, harness it. And then remember that you have the power and the courage and remember that you're the one owning it. You get to choose how, what the action is that comes after that emotion. So I see something upsetting. Maybe I see something in the news that is upsetting to me. I take a deep breath. I remember that goal that I'm after that I don't want to put on another 20 COVID pounds. And I, instead of going to the freezer to grab that gallon of ice cream, I go ahead and I take a walk. I hop on my treadmill. I go ahead and put on some nice music that is not the news so that I am I'm taking, I'm intentionally choosing and not, not to get rid, not to say that that emotion is wrong to feel, but how are, how are your actions connected to it? And doing that just five minutes at a time, put the newspaper down, put that article away, turn off that social media and go ahead and do something that serves you. Walk, take a, you know, listen to some music, do something different. And, and this is the thing that many get stuck in is that we've done this before. Like this breathe and focus and fierce action. This isn't, you know, rocket science of any kind. This is not something that I'm like, you know, these are all methods that are proven. You just put them in the right order and they're successful. And so we've done this before. And this is something that we tend to, to not give ourselves credit for is that we are resilient, all of us. We've done these things before. For example, if you think back, and sometimes we have to think back and give ourselves credit for things. For example, when you think about when you're small and you learned how to ride a bike, you had to take a pause. The, the action or the goal, the goal was to ride a bike and the action was to hop on. You fall off, you get back up again. We do this over and over and over again. And we're building resilience, we're building courage, and we're practicing breathe, focus, fierce action. And again, we've done this. Maybe when we got done with high school and we decided whether we wanted to go to college or we wanted to get a job, we had to take a moment of pause. We had to think about the goal. And even though we were fearful, even though we had many emotions around that choice, we had to make a choice that served us. Same thing if as we're on our journey of life, we get married, we get divorced. Same thing, taking a moment of pause, identifying a goal, and thinking about where we want to go with this, taking action, taking action with the fight or the flight or the emotion. There's always emotions involved, but what are the choices? Perhaps we had a job change. Perhaps we needed to, we're looking at retirement, and what does that look like? Again, we have to take a moment of pause. We have to think of what that goal is, and even though we have emotions of fear, anxiety, maybe we're upset. We still need to make a choice, just five minutes at a time, to move us in the direction that serves us. We can do it. We have done it. And giving ourselves credit that we've done this before, and we can do it again. Yeah, that actually is is really, really um, helpful. And I think it dovetails with what some of us have learned in psychology, that a lot of times 
not 100% true, but with a lot of changes, if you can keep doing something and make that change, that five minutes or whatever for like 21 days, you become that person. You know, it's kind of, you know, somebody uh, at some point, somebody isn't a, a smoker who's trying to quit, but they're an ex-smoker. At some point, missing going to the gym feels worse than going to the gym. And, you know, I think that at some point it, uh, what I think you're describing really evolves into a change so that, I mean, like somebody like you yourself will never go back to where you were, you know, it's just, it's not, it was a part of you and, and it stays, uh, you know, as a significant part of your history, you're in a different place and you're only going to go forward, which leads me to the question of, uh, were, were you a resilient kid? I know you use the word resilient a lot in your work. And is that something that's taught? Are some people more resilient than others? Is uh, uh, there something that we can do to become more resilient? Because it sounds like that's really a, a critical factor in terms of the kind of behavior change that you work on. Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, there's quite a bit of discussion around resilience and resourcefulness. Two different things, but specifically in resilience, I get asked a lot, that's a question I get asked a lot. Is resilience something that you, you're born with or is it something that you create? And I think it's both. I think um, there's a bit, of, a bit of, you know, resilience that you learn in your environment with survival. And then there's also, there's a bit of, you learn it and you, you look back. And, and that's what I was saying is we need to be able to look back and see the strengths that we have. If we can think back to when we were four years old, <laughs> you know, if you ask any four-year-old, when I speak in schools or when I speak in, you know, different conferences and you ask any, any child, small child, four or five years old, you ask them, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they immediately spit out, well, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a dancer. And there's no hesitation. And, uh, and what's interesting is as I speak in middle schools and high schools and colleges, right about seventh grade is where that hesitation comes in. And kids are, rather than saying, I'll say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'll say, they'll look to the one way and they'll look to the other way, see what anybody else is going to say. And then they think, hmm. And then they answer. It's not an immediate trigger. And then, you know, you ask someone in their 40s and their 50s, what do you want to be when they grow up, when you grow up? And it's almost as if it's a very similar, like, uh, mm, we'll see what the next thing is. And I feel like th that resiliency piece is, is something that it's a, it's a, it's a twofold. One, it's environment. And two, it's something that can be built. And that's why the five minutes at a time comes because you have to remember when you were four and five years old, what was it that you were after? And can you still pull something out of that in which to serve you now? Even if you have your career, and perhaps you've you have your career and you want to change, maybe your maybe your career, your your so-called career in work has completed and now you're on to your next your your life's mission. So taking a deep breath, focusing on one goal, and then taking that fierce action to really get into it five minutes at a time of building resilience, but but honoring how you have built resilience. So yes, I would say with environment. It comes from that, and then it also comes from building it up. Some children, like myself, had to had an environment that they had to survive, and that builds resilience uh, because children are, are resilient. <laughs> but then you can also practice it and use those tools and honor them in which to build them up. You can build resilience five minutes at a time. 
And there's so many gems that I'm, I'm hearing. And the five minutes at a time is really, uh, uh, I, I mean, I think it's priceless. I mean, it's something that we I've used um, with without a lot of thought, but that if somebody wants to develop a habit of reading or exercising or something like that, to just do a small manageable chunk, number one, that the the end is always in sight and, you know, it's a lot easier. And also, um, you know, it, it takes away the, the overwhelmed feeling. I, I think somebody who's uh, been traumatized, for example, and so on, has to feel overwhelmed about nature of, you know, getting a normal life again. Uh, and certainly in a, in a lesser sense, somebody who's kind of gotten away from reading uh, you know, sitting down and seeing a 300-page book has to be kind of overwhelming. But, you know, to read five minutes, most people can handle that. And again, if we can stack it and build on it, uh, that, that really sounds like tremendous advice. Uh, so much of your advice seems so applicable, applicable to so many people. Kind of wondering why, uh, why you seem to specialize in women. You know, I think you're cheating a lot of guys who... Uh, who could really benefit from you. So I specialize in women in my academy. So I have my Fierce Network and I have my Fierce Academy, which is a six-week intensive. I specialize in women because I'm a woman. That's about it. <laughs> but, but yes, I work. I, I also facilitate um, large, large organizations and strategic planning and business planning and, and personal planning. So I do work with men. Uh, it's, it's just that my, my academy and my network are women. Okay, so I guess that that kind of brings us we're kind of at that point in the uh in the podcast where i think we should find out what things do you have available to to others and uh how do people get in touch with you and what are the uh the, the various things that you have to offer whether it be on an individual basis or uh on a group basis or if somebody is i mean you've mentioned the speaking if somebody's in a position to book speakers and uh so on how What's out there for the for the people, and how do people find you? Yes, they can uh, they can go to carolyncolleen.com, so c a r o l y n c o l l e e n dot com, and that's where I show all of the different services that I offer and share a bit more about positive psychology, appreciative inquiry, and speaking and facilitating along with my Fierce Academy and Fierce Network. Okay, that's wonderful. I mean, listeners uh, to the podcast obviously can see why I've wanted you on this show for a long time. We're obviously kindred spirits. And I just think that, you know, it's wonderful what you've been able to accomplish. Uh, really look forward to uh, what you're going to be doing in the future. Um, you Now, you're, you're a PhD candidate in, in what, what field? organizational development and behavior. So I, I, my specialty is really understanding what is the heart of people, why they do what they do, and how does an organization continue to bring people together from all different walks of life to a common good? And presumably, as you continue to evolve, and I know you won't stop evolving, that uh, probably the, the, the goal or one of your goals will be to influence larger numbers of people and bring your methods uh, into play and hopefully help to change the world, which needs uh, needs quite a bit of changing. It so, does. We can do it. <laughs> great, great. Well, it, again, I uh, obviously was uh, it was worth the wait. I've gained a lot personally. I'm sure the listeners have gained a lot. 
you know, it's, it's so inspirational to hear you. Been a great role model for people who don't have to experience the depth of the, the adversity that you did, but, but people who have challenges, which in many cases may be of their own making and just other situations where, where again, there have been some external uh, things to overcome, but both the way that you've lived your life and the way that you can teach people, you know, that's, it's just terrific. We'll have all the contact information on the show notes and uh, we'll, you know, really look forward to seeing, you know, what you're adding to the world on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure you do it five minutes at a time, but uh, those minutes uh, have certainly added up in your case. And I'm sure they'll, they'll start, well, they'll be multiplying in the future. So really looking forward to the impact that you're making on the world. I'm, I'm certain that some of our listeners will be beneficiaries of working with you directly. And I am so grateful for you being on our show. Uh, so Carolyn, thanks again. This has been Dr. Ron Kaiser, and the show is Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. We hope that you will subscribe to the podcast, download each session, rate the sessions, and again, please visit the Mental Health Gym website. Looking forward to seeing all of you next week when we have another very interesting guest. Carolyn will be hard to top, but all our guests help you to live your lives enthusiastically and to be the best versions of yourself. If you haven't picked up your copy of Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, please visit Amazon and it's available in pretty much every format. So until next time, this is Ron Kaiser signing off, encouraging you to stay enthusiastic and stay safe.